Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Day two of the Caracas sales came to a close yesterday and it was the international heavies that made their presence felt snagging eight of the ten top lots. There was... Some gorgeous bloodstock through the ring, including Melody Bell's little sister by Piero snagging 500k and a two darn hot colt prepared by Trelawney being knocked down for $750,000. That'll be trained by Kieran Ma-, Ma in Australia. It's not too often you get to see a master at the peak of their powers, but if you head out to Karaka this week, you'll get just that as our man Steve Davis, the GOAT with a gavel, puts on an absolute clinic, and he's been good <laughs> enough to join us this morning off the rostrum to take the call. Good morning, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, very well. Apart from the weather, I've got web feet. I like everybody else. Hey, <laughs> mate. It's, a, it, it's been a bit of a feeling out process on that uh, that day one. Did you yesterday get some good rhythm going for you in the ring? Well, look, it was a bit patchy early on. I think just the market trying to find its feet. But, uh, no, look, it settled down. And yesterday we've seen, uh, you know, increases in turnover and uh, – the uh, clearance rate improving all the time. So, no, I think uh, the market's settling down and hopefully today the conclusion of book one, uh, you know, we're simply more of the same. Was that that Aussie currency coming over? We know they had a difficult time trying to touch down an NZ, but did um, did you feel their presence on the ground? Yeah, you do. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, racing in Australia, uh, God bless them, uh, the stake money on offer, etc. there's a real desire uh, to raise horses. You know, we're seeing green shoots here, people wanting to get back into the industry, but, you know, it's just a sheer volume. I think, what are they, I mean, something like $3 million races, if you, you know, extend it over the year, there's $3 million races every two weeks or something um, on average. You know, it's just the amount of money that's available over there and uh, syndicators, et cetera. And, and the beautiful thing is our New Zealand horses, you know, we're punching above our weight. You know, unlike the Warriors, uh, we're going really well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey Steve, having a chat, you've got somewhere close to 75, 80% clearance rate. You got, uh, we were talking to Russell Warwick yesterday saying there's a lot of young faces out of Australia coming over, like you said. Are you noticing um, that? <laughs> it's you... only young because he's so old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you noticing the young you know, the young boys from Aussie having a decent crack at the Karaka sales? Yeah, they are. You know, and it's good to see these young guys. Obviously, I sell in Australia, so I see them you know, around the various sales here. And it's good to... And finally, to get them back after COVID, mm. uh, you know, that was the talk last year. They wanted to come back. They were, you know, they were here to some extent for the two-year-old sale. But, you know, when I was there at the coast, uh, you know, everybody wanted to come. I just said, make sure you got accommodation because there's a bloke that plays a piano going to be there. And, uh, you know, accommodation was at a, at a you know, limited. But uh, thankfully, they're here. And despite the rain, they, you know... And that's the beautiful thing about Caracas. Is at least we've got the facilities to look at the horses. You know, geez, there's some places around the yeah. world where, you know, you have horse sales, you wouldn't be able to see them. Well, what's your approach, Steve? What's your approach on uh, how you approach a sale? Do you judge how hard you push the bid on how much money you know they have or just ease off? Well, how do you approach it, mate? <laughs> well, you're just trying to, you know, milk the coconut, I suppose. You're just trying to eke it out. You're trying to... <laughs> You're trying to say the one thing that's going to encourage them to have another bid. And uh, as, I, as I say, 
I, I, I do know a lot of these guys and over the years, you know, I'm a bit like Russell Warwick, you are getting that age now where, you know, you, you remember their father's bidding. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to be able to work with them and you're trying to look to say something about the horse or about something, you know, that's going to get them to put their hand up. And, uh, you know, mm. thankfully that's occurred on a lot of occasions. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, you've got to be careful you don't insult them, and that's the one thing you don't want to do. You know, you got, it, it, I suppose it depends on the personality of the person you're talking to. And that's the wonderful thing about yeah. Karaka. I can see them. You know, I can physically see them face-to-face. Some of the other places around the world I sell, uh, you're reliant on your bid spotters uh, to engage with them because I can't see where they are or who they are, you know. Mm. So who's the easiest easiest to pull the wool over, mate? Who do you love getting into a bidding wall with? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think Graham Rogerson uh, is probably the one person that you, you know. It's, it's a battle of wits with Graham. Uh, he's the one person, invariably he wins too, which is unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, look, he's one of the personalities and the characters of the industry. You know, it's it's great. You know, and. Uh, God bless him, you know, we need more of them. David Ellis, uh, you know, he's obviously there. You try and eke, uh, eke out as much as uh, he can, but he's been a great supporter. And again, he's stepping up to the plate and buying some lovely... Gee, he stole one yesterday, actually. I, I you know, should have called the police when he bought one yesterday. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Who was that? What was that? Uh, I was a capitalist filly uh, of Westbury's, actually. Uh, that's probably why Russell's so depressed. Uh, he got away with it. He, he, <laughs> He stole one yesterday. Uh, she looked very cheap for mine, but uh, I didn't sell her. But uh, gee, she looked great buying. So. There, there was a there was oh. a few of those out there, Steve. I got accosted in the ring yesterday, uh, laid on by one of the one of the old trainers, and he said, "Mate, I bought that bloody Purincano for thirty grand, and you pushed it up to forty. And I was like, "Mate." I didn't even I didn't even have a look at that. He goes, you had the, it was you with a black hoodie on. I went, mate, I'm not the only bloke walking around here with a black hoodie on. You know, he's, he's, spewing, he's spewing out to spend another 10 grand. But when you get the DC Alice's and the Rogersons um, and the Fallsmans together bidding on a horse, that must be pretty exciting. Yeah, you're throwing a Roger James and uh, and a few of these other boys. And, now nah, look, it's exciting to see. And uh, we saw that with the big horse yesterday, Too Darn Hot. I think there was probably maybe seven or eight bidders on the horse. And there were some standing there that actually didn't even put their hand up. They were prepared to bid on the horse but uh, went beyond their budget. So, you know, that's excitement. And, you know, and, and the beautiful thing, too, it fills the ring when a horse, you know, a good horse walks in. The place just uh, fills up, you know, the pit down by the uh, the rostrum area is all filled. People are there, there's anticipation, and, uh, yeah, it's great to see. Great theatre. Now, how much form do you have to do ahead of each day? If we broke it down to each yearling you are responsible for, how long would you spend studying them? Who's listening to this program? Well, the people paying. <laughs> no. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I spend days. It's days. No, look, I, uh, I physically uh, I physically go and look at every horse I sell. Or every uh, tent. And as a result, uh, no, well, that comes with it. You get the odd free cup of coffee. But, no, look, at the end of the day, I look at every horse I sell, and as a result, I probably look at the pedigree of the horse. I do the updates on the pedigree. The stallions look at the pe- I probably look at the pedigree four times. In fact, uh, I was just sitting today going through my runs that I've got, just making sure that I've identified everything I need to be saying about it. So, 
Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, boys, it's, you know, these breeders have taken two and a half years to get their horse to this stage, and they get two minutes. Yeah. You know, you've got to give it your best. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it's like speed yeah. dating, as I've always said. You've got to get the buyer and the seller together. Yeah. Hey, Steve, you must have, you must have a story where one's come in and it's, and it's been absolutely stolen and gone on and won a million dollars. What's the name of that horse? Well, probably octagonal. Uh, although, so you think, only made 110. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's, that's the beautiful thing. And we've got book two coming up, you know, and there's some nice horses. I've started looking at those, obviously, because uh, we start book two on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, through to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, look, you know, who knows where the next champion. Thankfully, they don't come out with stamps on their forehead. So, <laughs> the beautiful thing. Um, you know, we sell dreams, and every horse has that potential of fulfilling that dream. But, uh, yeah, I suppose in terms of uh, raw ability and, uh, you know, what was shown, you get the likes of, uh, you know, So You Think You Came Through, made 110, and, and Octagon or 210, they were probably the two best buys ever. Hey, Steve Butch Castles, mate, his, uh, his little filly went through yesterday, didn't, didn't get to the prices that he was hoping, Did you, were you there for that one? No, look, I couldn't identify, we don't, I, wasn't, I could hear him in the back of the rostrum, but I was actually... There was, was talk he was going to walk it in. So. Well, is that right? Yeah, uh, they couldn't but, find a shirt big yeah. enough for him. <laughs> oh, that's like, they tell me he had a share in the horse that won the million anyway so I wonder he didn't want to sell it oh he's got shares in about 15 of them but hey look book two uh, is way underrated um, they reckon we're talking yesterday me and Louie out there book two and book three they reckon are where the real money's going to start to come uh, well, I don't know about book three because there is no book three. That's online. But book two, boys, it's three days of book two. That might be where the confusion is. But look, there are some really nice horses. I've seen those already. Uh, and while they may not have the pedigree of those that have gone through before them in book one, uh, the physical, you know, confirmation. That's where that's where you got a trained eye. If you're a trainer or a person that loves their bloodstock, to come in and pick one out, and uh, and it goes on, and those pedigrees become the book ones of the future. Yeah. Awesome. Great to see you out there yesterday, Steve. And uh, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. I was here, Kempe, for breakfast. Yeah, go well, Cheers, mate. Steve. Keep it, keep it, keep it, rank, rank it right <laughs> through the place there and ramp them up. Get those boys buying plenty. Yeah, hey, listen, I've got to say, uh, uh, to the handlers, the people out there, the guys and the girls that uh, bring the horses, and my, my thoughts go out to them with the weather we've had and the weather predicted to come forward. They, they've done a sterling job getting those horses into the ring, so my thoughts out to those that are working the studs and the confiners, so well done to them. Yeah, nice touch, Steve. Yep, they work hard. Uh, go well. Enjoy today. Cheers, mate. Bye, mate. Bye. There you go, Steve Davis, yes. mate. And they do. They're so good with a gavel um, mm. out there. So you go in there, sit in there, listen to them. They... Honestly, you don't know where the bids are coming from sometime, but they don't miss anyone. They don't miss anyone. Yeah. I, you know what I like watching about the bidding is the style. You know, like mm. the DC Alice's and the Alan Sharrocks and the way that they actually sneak around and hide behind a pole or this their little style that they've got buying horses. So um, these guys, mate, Steve Davis, the boys on the top there, they're well on top of their job. Get plenty. That's a, that's a great leveller, the horse, horse game, like, you think of the Melbourne Cups over the last, well, how many years, and and the sheiks and and the 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 rich people from over in Dubai that continue to go buy these million dollar horses, and then some little old horse that was bought at Caracas or Octagon. wherever for a hundred dog, a hundred dog grand goes on and wins these big races, and that's what I love. You can have all the money in the world, but if you've got the sharp eye, you can actually pinch one. 
And that's what we've seen in the last couple of years and, and, well, generations. Someone's gone on and pinched the sail and then, bang, it's gone on and won big things. That's what I love mm. about this this great game. You just don't know what these horses are going to do, what they're feeling, how they're feeling, how they're going to run. You know, if only they could talk, they can't. So you've just got to trust the process of getting them up to date and getting them trained and, and ready to race. And, uh, yeah, so it's awesome. It's awesome. 50 grand horse can go on and win 50 million or whatever. That's exaggerated, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was walking around with Al yesterday, and he said, there's a champion here, mate. It's just no one knows which one it is. But there <laughs> is one here. You know, so, and, and, you know, so you think $110,000. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going on to win so much uh, more for those lucky owners. And, and that's what you hope as an owner, that you've just got that luck. Did you see one, Louis? Did you see a champion? <laughs> I'm sure I did somewhere. I'm sure I did somewhere. I guess so, the, there's got to be one that just goes bang. Oh, that's it. Well, that's it. Look, I guess that's why these. I mean, it's so. Some horses are as close to perfect yearlings as you can get. And like the two darn hot colt yesterday, Steve said there were about seven people that had bids and there would have been another five in there that wanted to bid but just didn't even get near it. So you can all have the same opinion and, it, and you can see these horses that are perfectly conformed and have the pedigree page and everything and, and it's pretty obvious. And every sale you go to, you might be able to pick 10 to 15 lots out by the time you get around them and you see the pedigree pages, you go, yep. But you, the one thing you don't know, and this is where book two comes into it, you can't see the size of the horse's heart, you can't see what's inside its head and what sort of <laughs> temperament it has once it becomes a racehorse. Because they can, you know, be gentle and, and lovely and have great temperaments and, and heads and mentalities at the at the sales yard and they can get through the ring. But once you put the pressure on them and you ask them to be racehorses, well, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. And that's where book two for value, and even it's not book three now, it's the online book. You can find some, you know, they might have slight issues or they might not scope clean or, you know, they might have some... Um, we were talking to Mark Baker yesterday, Kempe, mm. about some horses... Good chat. They, they've got, you know, and he's, he's put it in perspective and he talks to he talked about some wily old trainers that don't even look at the... They don't necessarily have to look at the uh, at the x-rays because they go, ah, oh, it just needs time, it'll be a stayer. Pete Moody. You know, it's like these these horses, they... You know, some some people can you can talk yourself out of a horse because it needs to be perfect. Well, if the horse has a big heart and it wants to be a great racehorse, it will be, regardless of its yeah. X-rays and how it scopes. So, it, it it is a lottery. Like that's it is the leveler. It's a good way to put mm. it, is he? And it's a great game. That they call it the great game for so many different reasons, but one of them is because you never really know. And like Al Sharrick <laughs> had three the three favourites in a Wellington Cup, and didn't even run a place. And and like this is and it's racing. It's racing. It's the great game. It's mm. just there's so many moving parts to it. So you can't never get too far ahead of yourself, and you can never get too down on your luck because, and that's why you talk, Kempi. You know, you you spend time around racing people. They're such middle, calm. They just don't get too high. They don't get too low. No, right? They're just no. flat lines. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. They're not telling. You know, what was I talk, talking to Mike Moroni yesterday about Tavachi? You know, like the, the other thing too is that all of them have their favourites. So when you see you know a, a good sire going through with a with a good um, mare and that's their favourite, well they're going to punt it because they and, know the horse. And that's why Rogie and Rod Rogie's so funny. Graham Rogerson, ah, oh, you hear some stories. They know that Rogie wants a good Savabil because he trained Savabil, right? So 
you know, you get people in the ring that if they see a Sanford Bill come in and Rodgy is interested. And this is why, they, this is where the ring craft comes in. You know, this is why some people hide behind posts because all of a sudden, oh, someone might just drive Rodgy up a couple of hundred K knowing he's going to go, he's going to go, <laughs> he's he, going. He, he wants it. <laughs> so this is, there's, there is proper ring craft to the, the bidding part of it as well. Yeah, those people were down oh, there. When my, I'd hate that. <laughs> Do you reckon he knows that? Yeah. Oh, of course he knows it. That's all part of the game, mate, mate. Not much gets past you, good old Rogie. Not much gets past him. <laughs> oh, I'll be spewing. I'll be absolutely spewing if I had to spend a couple of more hanji to get my Savabeel Colt. So good. I uh, love that chat. Steve Davis, auctioneer out at uh, Karaka, and he's done a great job. I love hearing their voices. Man, they've got a great pitch and tune to how they speak and pronounce and, and just have a good old chat. They're very, very witty.